Welcome to the Geneva Peace Week podcast series, a project of the Geneva Peacebuilding Platform. Geneva Peace Week is a leading annual forum in the international peacebuilding calendar. It's a week of events, workshops, videos, and podcasts just like this one, hosted by different organizations and actors around the world. Founded on the core belief that each person, actor, and institution has a role to play in building peace and resolving conflict. You're listening to a podcast produced for Geneva Peace Week 2020, held from the 2nd to the 6th of November with both live events and pre-recorded contributions. For more content like this, join the conversation at genevapeaceweek.ch. Connecting the Dots, Integrated Approaches to Migration, Peace and Security, a podcast produced by COF, the Swiss platform for peacebuilding, developed and published in the context of the Geneva Peace Week 2020. A better understanding of the interrelationships between migration and peacebuilding is essential to deal with the complexity of migration in fragile and conflict-affected contexts. This central assumption lays the foundation for this digital dialogue on the Migration Peace Nexus. My name is Joelle and I will guide you through this podcast. I welcome you to a valuable exchange of experiences and knowledge on migration, peace and security. In the following, we will shed light on innovative approaches and present our recent COF publication, a toolbox that provides guidelines on how to address migration in peace policy and practice. In this podcast, we focused on two central questions. What are the linkages between security, peace and migration? And how do security approaches in migration governance affect peace building? I hope you enjoy listening. The introduction to the topic and its relevance for the Geneva Peace Week and peace building practitioners in general will be given by Carmela Bühler. She is the Deputy Head of Migration Foreign Policy Section in the Human Security Division at the Federal Department of Foreign Affairs. Why does migration matter to peace building, armed conflict, state fragility and violence lead to migration and forced displacement? We know this, but we also know that interrelations between peace building and migration go far beyond this one-way dimension. The important question for us is, how does migration drive conflicts or contribute to peace and stability? This is why we have engaged with Swiss Peace on the development of a toolbox to address migration in peace policy. In the toolbox, we have identified three main areas of engagement where peace builders can approach migration. First, social cohesion. Second, migration governance. And third, participation and inclusion. Let me give you an example for this. Diasporas are rarely included in peace processes in their home countries, although they may have an important role to play. The Colombian peacebuilding and reconciliation process tries to change this. With the Truth Commission, it has set up a mechanism for the participation of members of the diaspora and IDPs. Switzerland supports this effort with regard to the Colombian diaspora in our country. Colombia is an example for the inclusion of migrants in the reconciliation phase of a peace process. However, we understand that migration is relevant in all different phases of conflict and peace building. For example, the relevance of trafficking of persons for peace and stability. 
Migrants with an irregular status are particularly vulnerable to trafficking. At the same time, fertility, armed conflict and the absence of rule of law provide a fertile business environment for human traffickers. This is why human trafficking and exploitation of migrants is a rich source of income for parties to an armed conflict. It is a factor of the political economy and can contribute to the prolongation of conflict. I think of the Libyan context as an example. On the other hand, trafficking in persons is also often related to organised crime and criminal networks that have a potential to undermine social cohesion and weaken state institutions. We can safely conclude from this, combating trafficking and exploitation of migrants and other persons, of course, in fragile contexts should be an element of a strategy towards a resilient and peaceful society. Analysis that integrates migration and conflict would help to develop such a strategy. Now, there may be dilemma and tensions hindering such an integrated approach to peace and migration. Interventions in the area of migration governance should be conflict-sensitive. They are sometimes not because of conflicting interests. There can be a competition between short-term goals of states to control and prevent irregular migration and a more long-term vision of peace and stability. Where such dilemma exists, they should ideally be made explicit in order to be addressed properly. We believe that some of the tensions can be eased and some of the challenges addressed by sharing knowledge and evidence on the interrelation between peace and migration. The toolbox to address migration in peace policy is a step into this direction. Now being familiar with the relevance of strategic linking of migration and peace building in policy and practice, we will continue with the application of our COF toolbox. We developed it under a FDFA mandate through a joint learning process and case studies, with the goal to create a practical guide for peacebuilding practitioners active on the Nexus. As we understand it, the Nexus peace migration is built on three main areas of engagement. Social cohesion, migration governance and participation. We will now break down the component of migration governance into one of its sub-aspects, namely security and security governance. And we will hand over the microphone to two experts on this topic. Emine Saryaslan, social education worker with a focus on integration, participation and social support for families and member of the board of Paxion, will give insight to individual security needs of migrants on the national level. Dr. Sarah Wolf, Director of the Centre for European Research at the Queen Mary University in London, will afterwards transmit the security perspective onto a transnational level, presenting her latest policy paper. I now invite Emine Sarjaslan from Paxion to speak. Paxion is a Switzerland-based association of psychosocial professionals with refugee background, providing support to refugees and migrants in Switzerland. Emine, please explain to us what security needs are faced by migrants and refugees in Switzerland and what role does the migrant-refugee community is taking on in meeting these needs. First of all, I would like to emphasize the importance of specifying which migrants we are talking about. Are they from EU countries, non-EU countries or are they recognized refugees? Their residency status and therefore their rights and securities differ. In Switzerland, migrants are categorized. When talking about refugees, 
I would say that their primary need is a secure residency status and access to secure services such as education, work and health care. Another security concern is the experience of racism. Furthermore, access to information and truthful facts is important. During the COVID-19 pandemic, we recognized how important it is for refugees to receive information in order to behave accordingly. Migrants especially fear security threats concerning their residency status. Not every migrant or refugee has a residency permit. They live in a community in which they don't know what their future will look like. Will they be deported or can they stay here? Due to this uncertainty, they are unable to shape and design their lives. Moreover, they lack a long-term perspective. Children and teenagers especially suffer from this lack of perspective, since they often don't have the possibility to go to school, have an education or work. Secondly, many migrants and refugees experience discrimination and racism. They are framed as a threat, especially in order to advocate for certain parties or to justify restrictive migration policies, even though migrants actually need safety. Therefore, I want to insist that, especially in Switzerland, we need to distribute secure residency permits in order for refugees or migrants to live in the secure society. I find it essential for migrants and refugees to be aware of their needs as individuals and in a group. They should be informed about their own resources. They do have resources here. Also, they should get organized. This is what we founded Paxion for. Paxion informs migrants in Switzerland about their resources, gives them a voice and supports them in tackling difficulties, especially in psychosocial issues. I believe that the most important thing is that migrants and refugees discuss their needs among each other and organize themselves jointly. Security is a very important aspect in the lives of refugees. They flee because they lack security in their own country. They suffer from war, torture, poverty and they are forced to leave their country. Refugees arrive in Switzerland and are in need of safe lives and security. What I find important is to mention that whenever there are marginalized groups in a society, economic and social inequalities will increase. In order to avoid this, a society has to inclusively treat all of its members the same. This includes refugees. I think that we urgently have to pay more attention to the human security of refugees and migrants. It is about human beings and their needs. It is not only about refugees and migrants, but about all of us. With Amina's analysis of migrants' personal needs and challenges in the security context, the first step of the COF analysis has been taken. Assessing the individual situation, interests and concerns is an essential starting point to the understanding of intersections in conflict experiences and stages of the migratory journey. In order to embed the individual situation into the wider patterns of conflict, peace and migration, a second step of analysis has then to be taken. Its goal is to reach a conflict-sensitive understanding of the contexts, the actors and stakeholders, as well as value, interests and needs that cause and drive conflict related to migration. I now invite our third expert, Dr. Sarah Wolf, to present her latest work on strengthening security sector governance for the benefits of migrants and migration governance, which was commissioned by DCAF, the Geneva Center for Security Sector Governance. Sarah, 
please introduce us to the link between security sector governance reform and migration governance and its relevance for peace building. First, the question is how can we approach security and migration on a transnational level in order to strengthen the linkage between migration and peace? Migration is a transnational policy issue and connects countries of origin, transit and destination. The main challenge is that migration is mostly seen as a national security issue. The state-centric focus has led to treat migration mostly as a security threat and you see that the treatment of that policy issue suffers from competition and turf wars between internal and external security actors. A third problem is that when we think about security sector governance and reform, it's a concept that has been coined in the 90s and with a completely different situation than nowadays when it comes to migration. Globalization has intensified but you also have an intensification of the racialized and gendered implication of labor migrants. Also, some states are competing to attract or to send migrants abroad as part of their soft power. In the meantime, we see that in most liberal democracies, populism is on the rise, capitalizing on the idea that immigrants are going to compete with local nationals over social and economic resources. So given these three challenges, there is a need to reconceptualize the link between migration and security sector governance in order to improve migrants' rights, but also peace more generally. And to do so, we need to take a decentering approach. And this decentering approach involves trying to think about the meanings produced around the term migrants, also the narrative that has been constructed, for instance, as a crisis when Actually, quantitatively, it is not so significant when it came to 2015 and the so-called crisis in Europe. But also, it is about thinking about the practices that it entails. So what kind of security sector governance and reform practices do we need to think about? I think it helps to think beyond the safe, orderly and regular migration dominant policy narrative that tends to really give the emphasis on uh, states, but mostly put the emphasis on the needs of receiving country governments and doesn't really take into account the topic of migrants themselves, nor countries of origin transit uh, perspective. I think a good SSR, SSG, means that you consider that security sector reform actors are themselves the solution and that they are reformers in their own right. We need to move beyond the short-term needs of a training equip approach to a more pragmatic way to think about how security sector actors can actually ensure accountability, transparency, democratic control, but also think about empowering migrants and refugees at all stages and ensuring their rights and safety. So it's more of a dynamic vision that goes beyond the traditional state-centric approach to SSG. Of course, a full SSG should be integrated in all development aid projects because we know that bad security sector governance is a source of migration and therefore it's crucial to reconsider its role. Finally, how does national security benefit from integrating refugees and migrant security needs in, into its governance? I think the benefit is entirely 
positive. We know already that weak SSG can lead to instability and that a lack of trust in police and judicial sector can participate to create some of the drivers that lead an individual to leave one's country. There is also the issue in uh, receiving countries of integration of migrants. Security se sector actors have a huge role in ensuring local ownership, engaging with local communities and advancing accountability. I think a good perspective on SSG would definitely increase refugees and migrants' integration and also would make them feel much more safer. The fact that irregular migration is being criminalized in many parts of the world means that security sector actors are interacting with migrants in order to stop them and to detain them as if they were criminals. Sometimes local communities and diasporas might be suspected and convicted of helping irregular migration. Security sector may approach very often these migrants as problematic. So here, the role of SSG actors taking into account uh, migration is key. In destination countries, it's also about protecting migrants and refugees against widespread xenophobia sentiments. And of course, when it comes to human trafficking, security sector actors can definitely also play a role with good practices and rescuing migrants at sea, but also offering them protection to, to give them a sentiment of safety. To conclude over these three questions, I think it's about a self-reflective process on how security sector and migration should be reconceptualized to include the ethical and moral challenges that are involved. We have now been introduced to the first two steps of analysis proposed in our COF toolbox on the peace migration nexus. In these guidelines, we then propose to contribute to conflict prevention, conflict resolution and dealing with the past by mitigating risks and leveraging potential of migration for peace. As an illustrative example, we would like to present you the Durable Solution Initiative, a joint effort between Ethiopia, the UN, international and national NGOs and donors. The DSI aims to facilitate collective action and cooperation on all levels in support of internally displaced people in Ethiopia and communities at locations of return, relocation or local integration. Through political and conflict analysis, the DSI addresses immediate protection and security needs and tackles issues related to governance, development and coexistence. In doing so, and by choosing a highly participatory approach, the DSI Ethiopia contributes to various peace-building objectives, notably to integrative and conflict-sensitive migration governance, of which security governance as a sub-aspect was presented in this podcast. Also, the DSI is a valuable example since it addresses risks and opportunities resulting from migration to prevent, resolve and deal with past conflicts, for instance by fostering exchange and dialogue as well as doing advocacy and enabling participation. After having listened to three experts speak about security, migration governance and peace from different perspectives, we are now coming to an end. 
We have learned that the failure to address individual security needs of migrants and adopt a transnational perspective in security sector governance can result in poor migration governance and impact negatively on peace. We are convinced that a better and more specific understanding of the relevance of migration for peacebuilding is essential at all stages of conflict and peacebuilding. We are excited to have been able to share our toolbox with you and to offer an inspirational exchange of expertise between a practitioner, policymaker and researcher. In the context of this podcast for the Geneva Peace Week 2020, we were able to shed light on innovative approaches to migration and to bring together local and international perspectives to explore what characterizes the peace and security needed in situations of displacement and migration. We wish you an exciting and inspirational Geneva Peace Week 2020 and look forward to fruitful dialogue on the peace migration nexus in the future. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us for this installment of the Geneva Peace Week podcast series. Don't forget to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review about something you learned. You can also visit our website to continue the conversation with the makers of this episode. Or join us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Geneva Peace Week. Above all, thank you for being here, and we hope you'll join us again for another episode.